What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Alright, here we are, Season 2, Episode 16. Today on Tale of the Tapes, we have Redman and Common. So Redman and Common today, two pretty big names here. I'm, I'm definitely excited for this episode for sure. And before we get into either of these guys, I definitely want to make some things known as I like to give my personal background with each artist if possible to show you guys how... Some people I love don't score well, and some people I hate may do great. And also because this show really has almost nothing to do with my opinions on anything, but obviously I do have opinions on things. So it's cool to be able to just express my opinion sometimes, and you guys can kind of get my take on things before we get into like the facts and you know the actual technicalities of what people were and weren't able to do or accomplish and things like that. So... I'm going to try to do this as much as I can. I mean, obviously, I don't have any history or background with some artists at all. Some people that I'm covering here, I've never heard of until this study. Whether it was, you know, somebody suggesting somebody or somebody was a feature on somebody else's song or something like that. But there's definitely people that I've never even heard of before. So I can't say that I'll have a history or a personal opinion on, like, every artist that we cover. But... I'll try to get as much of it out there as I can before we get into the facts on people. So, I actually know Redman personally. I've known Redman for 23 years at this point. Does he have my number and call me to hang out? No, obviously not, but he lives next door to my friend's mom. Their houses are actually attached. It's a condo and his door is literally right next to her door. The, the houses are attached and everything like that. If you've seen his episode of Cribs... You'll know exactly what I'm talking about with the busted doorbell and putting the wires together and the, the window with no screen and stuff like that. That next door that you see on that video is my boy's mom's door. So I've spoke with Redman on over 25 occasions. I actually hung out with Redman the night before my wedding. I was over there at my boy's mom's house and, and Red was there and we were hanging out and, you know, blazing and drinking and shit. He's, you know, he's held my daughters and... Um, like I said, it's not somebody, I, I wouldn't call myself Red's friend, you know, I'm not somebody that he, he hits up or anything like that, but I certainly know Redman, if I saw Redman, I would give him a pound, um, you know, say what's up Red and things like that, I've known the guy for a long time now, ironically enough, through all this, I was never a giant fan of Redman's music, nor did I ever really place him very high on my personal list of best MCs. But I do love Redman, like, as a person. He's fucking hilarious. He's always been a nice dude to me and things like that. So I have no qualms with Redman as a person at all. I just want to be clear that even though I've known him for a long time and even when I used to see him more regularly, I still really wasn't a giant fan of Redman's music. I didn't dislike it. I just never ever thought that Redman was anything special. And as I got older, I started to hear more, you know, of people kind of throwing Redman out there and things like that and saying, yo, Red is a goat. And I was kind of like, what the fuck are you saying? Um, but anyway, my man Susio from the Dirtbag, shout out to Susio. He's the one who helped me with the name of the podcast. He's a huge Redman fan. In fact, 
Redman is probably one of the only five rappers that he likes. He's like the toughest critic of all time. I believe, if I'm correct here, that Joe Budden, Eminem, Royce the Five Nine, Raws, and Redman are literally the only good rappers on planet Earth, according to Susio. So keep that in mind when talking about this. But he's been telling me since I started this that Redman would press for a top spot, and I beg to differ. So let's see if he's right. We're going to get into Redman first because his debut solo album was out first. Both of these guys came out in 1992, so Redman's solo debut album was in 1992. Birth name is Reginald Noble, also known as Doc or Reggie. Born April 17, 1970 in Newark, New Jersey, United States. Genres listed as hip-hop. Years active listed as 1990 to present. So let's get a little bit of background on Reggie here. Reginald Reggie Noble, born April 17, 1970, better known by his stage name Redman, is an American rapper, DJ, record producer, and actor. He rose to fame in the early 1990s as an artist on the Def Jam label. He is well known for his collaborations with his close friend Method Man as one half of the rap duo Method Man and Red Man, including their starring roles in films and sitcoms. He was also a member of the Def Squad in the late 1990s. So, not too, too much there on Red Man. I mean, Red Man's a, a pretty popular person, and I think the fact that he's an actor probably plays a part in that. I mean, there aren't probably too many people that don't know the movie how high and things like that so even if you're not really you know familiar with red man's music or anything like that you're most likely you're probably aware of who red man is and if you're aware of who red man is i don't think that most things that came in that background for him right there would come as a major surprise so let's get into what i jotted down as i listen to red man now a lot of real hip-hop fans will tell you how sick red man is but I think he was actually a lot doper lyrically than your average fan gave him credit for. He didn't have very many mind-blowing lines, but he did have a lot of subtle little dope lines constantly throughout verses. As far as bars being related, he wasn't exceptional in that area, but he hardly ever had an overly weak line either, and although he did reach with some, still managed to remain well above average overall lyrically. Reggie has dropped eight solo albums, two with Method Man, one with Def Squad, one mixtape, and one EP. Twelve of those were good, one was great, and one was even a borderline classic. He did only manage to put out five great songs over a 24-year span, but he also had 44 good songs and only had one weak one, and that was a collaboration album, not one of his solo albums. Redman certainly was consistent, although most of his songs were very similar in style and message, and he hardly ever had any songs or verses of any substance. His impact on the game is certainly apparent, with influences on Tupac, Busta Rhymes, LL Cool J, Method Man, DMX, Mace, Fabulous, Jay-Z, Vanilla Ice, MF Doom, Tame One, Eminem, AZ, and many others. Let's also not forget that Eminem publicly noted Reggie as being number one on his list of all-time greats. As for originality, Red certainly had his own approach to the way he worded his punchlines as well as the way he delivered them. He did take a fair amount of material from Biggie, but he was extremely artistic and had songs and lines about things other people weren't putting out at that time. 
So let's get the math on what I just wrote down. Lyrics, he gets a six and a half. Albums, he gets a 4.37 with zero classics. He did have that one borderline classic. So Redman scoring could be a little bit altered in the sense that I wouldn't really argue with somebody that said Red had a classic. If you're going to tell me Red had five classic albums or something like that, I'm definitely going to have something to say about it and we can, you know, sit down and discuss it. But I wouldn't argue with somebody that would say that Redman had a classic album. I can see that. I had it scored down as a borderline classic, which means it was just a point one off from getting the classic. And that's a little tough to swallow because... He would have gotten a full extra point added on to his total score had he gotten that classic album. So he loses a whole extra point just by losing a point one, really, on one of his albums. And that extra point would have probably given him an extra point two in his final score. So it would have moved him a little bit. It wouldn't have been anything drastic, but it would have changed his score a little bit. So that's one of those borderline things where he was right there with one. And, uh, you know, maybe in the future he drops a classic album or maybe you want to argue with me and count that one as a classic and you want to move Redman up a couple of slots. I really have no issues with that. Like I said, you know, if I got somebody at number nine and you got him at number four or I got somebody at 50 and you got him at 41, I have no issues with things like that. What I have an issue with is me saying that, you know, Master P is, you know, in 300th place and you tell me Master P is top 10. It just doesn't make any sense. Master P could be one of your favorite rappers ever. And I used to fuck with Master P hard. But the facts of the matter are that Master P was not very good. And Master P did not finish very well in this study. So anybody who says things like that, they obviously just have a nostalgia or a bias or something like that. And unless somebody wants to sit down with me and go through their entire catalog... And we can figure out where we differ on the math. And I really wouldn't even waste my time arguing with somebody about something stupid like that. But I would, I would, you know, have no issues with somebody saying that Redman had a classic and he should be a little bit higher. But let's get into the rest of his math and see where he finished. Songs, he gets a plus .22. So about a fifth of a point or a quarter of a point there. But again... It's a plus. It's it's unusual that people get high scores in this category. There are people that have gotten big minuses and big pluses, but it's unusual that anybody gets plus or minus over a full point or anything like that. So about, you know, closer to a fifth of a point here for Redman. But again, it's a plus. Some people lose points in this category. So if you look at it as, you know, Redman's a plus point two two and somebody else is minus a point two two, or had he been minus a point two two, it's not just a point two two that you're looking at, it now becomes a point four four. So now it turns into almost a half a point, which turns into a point one in the final score, you know, which could move somebody a couple of slots. So again, it's these little things that, that do add up. And he does get a plus in the song score as we spoke about. He did have five great songs and he only had the one week song. So he gets a plus there. Impact he gets an eight. I think this one's pretty clear and self-explanatory. I mean, Redman is one of those people that, like I said, you don't really necessarily have to be a hip-hop fan to know who Redman is or really even to like Redman for that matter. So, you know, the fact that he's just a household name in general, even outside of the hip-hop community, obviously helps him in this category. Now, when you go inside the hip-hop community and you're talking about people that don't just know Redman from How High or things like that and people that have been fucking with Redman from day one and, you know, Muddy Waters and all these 
early albums where they would turn around and say, you know, Redman was fucking classic and Redman is one of the greatest of all time and things like that. When you talk to people in the hip hop community, a lot of people will say that to you. A lot of people will, and like I said, which, you know, in my breakdown, Eminem has Redman as his number one greatest rapper of all time. Now, I, I've never really gotten to discuss that list with Eminem, so I, I'm not sure if he's necessarily naming the best or his favorite or whatever the case is with that list, but I mean, nonetheless, you have an all-time great right there naming you as their number one, so I mean, that obviously says something. People inside the hip-hop community hold Redman in a very high respect for sure, and then on top of that, you got names... You know, if people influence Tupac, Busta Rhymes, LL Cool J, Method Man, DMX, Mace, Fabulous, Jay-Z, every single name on that list is a huge name. I mean, although when you're, when you're influencing legends, it makes you a legend. So Impact 8, he gets that for sure. There's no argument with that. Now, he doesn't get a, a 9.5 or a 10 or anything like that because... There's no real, like, record set or records broken or a ridiculous amount of record sales or an insane amount of commercial success and things like that. So, there was room, you know, to where Redman could have certainly had a bigger impact on hip-hop or there were other people that did have a bigger impact on hip-hop and stuff like that. But Redman's was still big for sure and Redman's still active. So, Redman's still climbing that ladder. I believe that Redman is probably somebody whose score is going to change in the near future. Um, I, I don't know for sure that he will come out with more material, but I assume that he will. And I, I just, you know, as a gut instinct, I kind of just feel that Redman will... It, it probably won't be a lot, but I do feel that Redman will wind up probably climbing a couple of slots higher before this study is over. So, And then originality, he gets an 8, which is another one. I mean, Redman is a pretty original dude. His content, I'm not going to say his content is unoriginal, because it's not that his content is unoriginal, but he didn't have, like, an overly original content. Like, he didn't have that many songs that were about things that other people don't rap about. He had a lot of songs about weed, a lot of rappers rap about weed, and stuff like that. But Redman was a super original dude. His lingo was original. Um, you know, his vocabulary, the words that he used... His delivery was obviously very original. His rhyme style in general, like the way he approached being dope was different in general because he didn't go like a deep route like a Tupac. I mean, him and Tupac are pretty much a complete 180 of each other. Tupac really didn't have very many quote-unquote dope lines or anything like that. Tupac said a lot of really deep and meaningful things that, like I said when we covered Tupac in the episode, that even if you were just having a conversation with Tupac and he wasn't rapping and he said some of these things to you, you would be like, man, you're right. You know, like that's a good point. So Redman, the exact opposite. Redman very rarely spoke on anything very serious or topical or anything like that. But like I said, his delivery, his, his image also, I mean, just everything about Red, aside from the fact that most of his music was about the same couple of things. Everything else about him was pretty damn original. You know, he wasn't a, a bizarre from D12 or an ODB or an MF Doom or anything too crazy, but I think the aid is warranted. Redman, a pretty original character for sure. When Red comes on a track, you know it's him. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five, you get a final rating of 5.42. 
leaving Redman in 19th place of 157 artists done overall. Yay! Now, I don't know if I'd necessarily call that a top spot, but it's definitely higher than I would have placed him, and I assume he'll probably be just outside that top 50 somewhere when this is all said and done, so... Between me and Susio's debate, I'm going to say that we'll have to call this one even because I don't think being around the top 50 is exactly what he meant when he said that he would push for a top spot, but Redman was definitely much better than I had originally given him credit for and much doper, for a lack of a better word, than I had really ever given him credit for because until this study, now of course I knew Oh, ODB is unlike anybody else, right? But that never held any weight to me before I started doing this study. Like, that didn't mean anything to me. I would never, ever, ever have turned around and said to you, ODB is fucking dope, bro. Nobody raps like ODB. ODB was just hilarious and entertaining to me. But I didn't believe, in in my personal opinion, that being different constituted you getting any credit. As I get older and I, you know, as I, as I go into my lane and I start to create more and more things that are really just relevant to me and different and coming from inside of me as opposed to trying to be better at what everybody else was doing, I start to understand how important it is, especially doing this study, when people bring something totally different to the table. Now, it could be in, in different fashions. In a fashion of somebody like an ODB... That's a once-in-a-lifetime type of person, right? So you're probably not really going to have anybody that's going to copy ODB style. That's that's a, you know, a once-in-a-generation type of dude and things like that. But then you have other people who do something really original, and they're very, very successful with it. So a whole entire era of people after them follow that blueprint. And either way, I mean, you know... The one where you're so original that nobody can ever even try to be like you is going to lean you a little bit more towards originality, whereas doing something original and then having an era after that follow you, it's going to give you points in originality because it was original, but it's also going to give you points in impact because you affected other people and you created something, whether you created a subgenre or you created a different way to do things or whatever the case is like that. So... Different ways to go about getting these good originality scores and these good impact scores and things like that. But back to what, you know, my point was when I started talking about this is that until this study, I didn't really take that into consideration. I was kind of just going off of what I related to, what I liked the way that it sounded and how dope your bars were. Now, bars is important. And to me, in my opinion, the bars is always going to probably be the first and foremost important thing to me. But in this study, we're having every possible aspect hold an equal weight because I want to take somebody else who has the opinion that because someone's a legend, they deserve to be moved up or because somebody is so different, they deserve to be moved up. So everything, again, taken into consideration here as we go along. And, you know, doing this study made me realize how people like Redman and MF Doom and things like that how and why I overlooked people like that because I didn't really take into consideration how dope it was that these people were doing something so different and so unique and so original and stuff like that. So again, I want to give a shout out to my man Susio from the Dirtbags because 
It was a solid prediction on this one. Redman with definitely a hell of a finish. And I definitely want to give a shout out to my man Red. I'll, I'll definitely have a couple of people listening on here that that know Redman as well. You know, from hanging out with me when I was younger and probably even knew Redman before me and things like that. And maybe I know him through them or whatever the case is. So shout out to Red for sure. Appreciate Red always being a cool dude to me. And now on to Common, who also had his debut solo album in 1992. Born Lonnie Rashid Lynn on March 13, 1972 in Chicago, Illinois, United States. Other names, Common Sense, L. Liston, and Willie Stargell. Years active are listed as 1991 to present, and his genres are listed as hip-hop and neo-soul. So let's get into a little bit of a background on Common now. Lonnie Rashid Lynn, born March 13, 1972, better known by his stage name Common, formerly Common Sense, is an American rapper, actor, and writer. He debuted in 1992 with the album Can I Borrow a Dollar and gained critical acclaim with his 1994 album Resurrection. He maintained an underground following into the late 1990s. He achieved mainstream success through his work with the Soul Carrions. Common's first major label album, Like Water for Chocolate, in 2000, received commercial success. In 2003, he won the Grammy Award for Best R&B Song for the Erica Badu single, Love of My Life. His 2005 album, B, was also a commercial success and was nominated for Best Rap Album at the 2006 Grammy Awards. Common received his second Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance by a duo or group for Southside featuring Kanye West from his 2007 album, Finding Forever. In 2011, Common launched Think Common Entertainment, his own record label imprint, having previously released music under his various other labels including Relativity, Geffen, and Good Music. Common won the 2015 Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song and the Academy Award for Best Original Song for his song Glory from the 2014 film Selma in which he co-starred as civil rights movement leader James Bevel. So definitely a lot there for Common and a lot in a lot of different ways. Now, it was my general assumption going into this that Common didn't have very much commercial success because I don't really remember Common, you know, Common was never marketed as one of these people where it was like, oh, Common, Common, Common. It was never like he was the next big thing or the hottest thing or things like that. But what I think happened with Common is you can see Common obviously did well. The majority of his albums were critically received very well, which again, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but we're just talking about what did happen. Um, he won a Grammy Award in 2003. He was nominated for another Grammy in 2006. He won another Grammy in 2007. And then in 2011, he goes on to do his own thing with his own label and stuff like that. And then we come back again in 2015, where he wins a Golden Globe Award and an Academy Award for the same song. A song that was from a movie that he co-starred in. So... Obviously, Common, a very talented dude on multiple levels, and also a very successful dude. Now, again, like I said, I was under the assumption that Common was one of those guys. Now, I'm not saying that I was a huge Common fan, but I always thought Common was pretty good. And I kind of just thought Common was one of those, you know, deep, really thoughtful dudes that kind of 
was misunderstood and went over a lot of people's heads and things like that. And I don't think he was really ever marketed correctly by the machine, but as you can see, it didn't matter all that much. Sure, had he had them behind him in a certain fashion, he probably could have done better than he already did do, but he already did do great. And he never, he never seemed to sell out to do it. So a lot there for Common in all different directions. And uh, let's get into what I wrote down on Common as I was listening to him. Simply put, Common was another much needed breath of fresh air. As a kid, I liked Common Sense and even owned some of his albums. Going back and re-listening to him as an adult and analyzing him, he admittedly went over my head as a teenager for the most part. I knew he was good, but until this didn't realize how good. Lyrically, Common was very good. Although they have completely opposite styles, he was similar to Redman in that he dropped a lot of little subtle but dope one-liners. Where Common took it a bit further was with a lot of deep and meaningful lyrics. In a career spanning over two decades, he released 13 albums. None of them were classics, but only two of the 13 were average. Eight of those 13 were good albums, with another three being great. Of the 157 qualified songs, there were 10 great ones and only one weak one, with another 33 being good songs. Common Sense, like a lot of other lyrically talented artists, didn't have the most commercial success ever, but it was there. He also had influences on artists such as Biggie, Tupac, Nas, Naughty by Nature, Cannabis, J. Cole, and many, many more. Although he did seem to use a lot of Biggie stuff, he was very original for the most part from the way he dressed in his image to the song topics, styles, rhymes, message, and delivery. So Common, Common really looking pretty good here so far. Let's see how the math worked out for him. Lyrics, he gets a seven and a half. So he catches a full point there on Redman. And we've spoke about this many times. This is not an episode to pin Redman and Common against each other. It's just that they're here in the same episode. They were both very good for sure. And I just like to point out where people went ahead or fell behind. So Common a whole point ahead there with lyrics, which is pretty substantial. Now, I spoke about how they were very similar, not in their in their content or anything like that, but kind of their approach to the way that they were good. With not, you know, there was just a lot of little things that could probably just go unnoticed a lot of times. You're like, yeah, all right, that was a good song. And it's like, yeah, but did you catch this? And it, oh, shit, I, I, yeah, no, I heard it. I just, I didn't even realize what he meant. So they both had a lot of things like that where there was a lot, a lot of little things like that in every verse. Um, the reason that Common really was able to take it a full point ahead of Redman was he did have that Tupac aspect to him. So he had the Redman side where he was able to drop a lot of little subtle dope little one-liners, but he also had this poetic and deep meaningful side of him where he definitely made you think and say, oh shit sometimes and made really strong valid points. So it really was that kind of stuff that was able to carry him a full extra point ahead of, uh, ahead of Redman there. And then albums, he gets a 4.42 with zero classics, which is a similar score to Redman's. Redman's a tiny bit lower, a 0 0.05 of a difference. So that's obviously a very, very minuscule amount. Now, neither one of them had any classic albums, but Redman was much closer to having a classic album. Redman had that borderline classic, and like I said, I wouldn't argue with you if you told me Redman had a classic album. 
Common didn't have a classic album. He didn't have a borderline classic or anything like that, but he gets a little bit better of an album score. So he was a little bit more consistent with being really, really good on his albums, and he didn't quite take that one album to the level that Redman did. But again, it was a little bit more of a consistency with great and good albums like that with, with Common. Songs, he gets a plus .58. So with Redman, Redman had five great songs in one week song, and Common had 10 great songs in one week song. So Common obviously with a better song ratio there than Redman. So he gets a higher score in the songs department. Impact, we give Common a six and a half. Now, it kind of seems weird probably when you read their backgrounds because it didn't say all that much about Red. It kind of told you he was on Def Jam. It told you that he frequently collaborates with Method Man it told you that he's in sitcoms and he's an actor and that he was part of the Def Squad in the 90s. Those are kind of all just informational things. They're not really accolades, so to speak. They're kind of just informational things. Common, on the other hand, you know, Grammy Awards, Golden Globe Awards, Academy Awards, things like that. So it's kind of odd when you look at it because in the hip-hop community, you're going to hear a lot more people putting Redman at the top of their list, then you are going to hear about Common. But you can also see where Common was a little bit more successful as far as accolades is concerned and actually winning awards and things like that. Now, was was Common outselling Tupac or anything like that? No. You know, he wasn't outselling like the Beastie Boys or Tupac or people like that that were selling these absolutely insane amount of records. But he was doing big things and he was winning awards and stuff like that where they differ is Redman had a longer list of people influenced and you know every name common has great names on here too cannabis j cole all these people things like that so i'm not trying to knock what common did but when you talk about in the hip-hop community Redman typically holds a little bit more weight than common does at least in my personal experience that i've ever seen from everybody that I've ever met. I have never, and this is not a knock on Common, I have never, ever, ever had somebody answer Common when I asked who is the best rapper ever. Not trying to shit on them, I've just never, ever heard anyone say it. Are there people out there that think Common's the greatest rapper of all time? Of course there is. I've never met any. I've met many, many, many people that think that Redman is the greatest rapper of all time, or is at least up there when they name people Redman's in their top three or their top five, including Eminem, who's probably a goat himself. So I think the, the longer list of names, maybe the fact that the names were a little bit bigger, you know, maybe the, the weight that the name holds in the hip-hop community, and, uh, you know, both actors, both probably somewhat known outside the hip-hop community, but I think when you talk about you know, like real spitters and just hip-hop and classic shit and stuff like that, a lot of people are going to put Redman in front of Common. So I thought that those couple of things combined held a little bit of weight and gave Redman a little bit bigger of an impact on strictly the hip-hop community. Again, remember that this is being done just as a rapper, just as an MC, and just on the hip-hop community. So... Common has probably done more, and I don't know this for a fact. This is me just speaking on, you know, general opinions or, or random thoughts that I have. Common probably has done more for the community and things like that. I know Common is involved in a lot of, like, charities and 
Common's just a very positive person and stuff like that. So if I had to guess, and I'm not saying that Redman doesn't do anything for any communities. Redman's a great dude. Been nothing but nice to me. Uh, I have nothing but good things to say about Redman. But just from the outside looking in at these two dudes, Common just seems like a more positive dude. A dude that's probably more involved in things like that with the community and stuff. So I'm not saying that Redman has had a bigger impact on the world or been more successful than common or anything like that we're talking about their impact on actual hip-hop so Redman beats him out by a point and a half there and then originality common gets an eight same score as Redman on that one and this is another odd one because they get the same originality score but in no way shape or form are these guys anything like each other I mean Redman super original because of his you know, his clown shit and his funny shit and his retarded and his voice and, you know, the, the things that he does and original like that and original with the kind of lines that he came up with and the stupid, funny, silly shit that he would say and stuff like that. Common original in a totally different plane. Common original in the sense that he didn't fall into any of these cliches or these norms that are in hip-hop of being tough or being hard or shooting people or rocking jewelry or whatever the case was you could tell that common had his own lane and his own way of doing things and he didn't care what everybody else was doing he was going to do his own thing he wasn't going to do something just because it was going to sell him more records or it was going to gain him street cloud or something like that and i'm not saying that red man did but i'm just saying the way that they got these scores are very very different and common also was brought up to an eight by the fact that the same way that Redman was very original with his delivery and his approach, so was Common, but just not the same way. Common was very poetic and stuff like that. So while it wasn't in the same fashion as Redman, he was definitely super original in his own way. And that score of an eight is definitely warranted. You add all those five numbers up and you divide by five, you get a final rating of 5.40, which leaves Common in 20th place of 157 artists done overall. Yay! So I want to talk a bit about this because the irony in this episode is almost never ending. When you talk Common and Redman, they are two 100% completely different in contrasting styles in pretty much every way. Redman is more about partying and drugs and being funny and hood and gutter and shit like that, while Common is very positive and uplifting. Redman's also much more upbeat than Common, with Common being like a very laid-back type of dude. At least that's the vibe and the aura that he gives off in his, his interviews and his music and things like that. Never in my life did I think that I would say these two were similar, but they were in rhyme style. Their approach, delivery, and message couldn't have been much more different, but their style of rhyming with a lot of little subtle dope lines and metaphors were uncanny. On top of that being odd, I also had no idea that these two would wind up falling into the same episode. So the fact that I happened to mention Redman's name in Common's breakdown was pure coincidence. Or was it? <laughs> and as if we needed another ironic thing, not only were these two opposites very similar in a certain fashion, 
not only did they just so happen to wind up being on the same podcast episode and coincidentally have their names mentioned in the other's breakdowns, but at the end of the day, they wind up finishing one right in front of the other. Not even a single name separating the two at this current point in time. So very odd the way that this all played out for these two. And I'm not saying that there won't be anybody that finishes in between them when this is all said and done because there probably will. I don't think it will be many people, maybe three people or so like that. But it's just crazy the way all of this stuff played out like this on, on this day and all just came together like this. I remember, you know, the only other time that I probably felt like this, unless I'm forgetting something, was the LO Cool J and Cool Mo D episode where, you know, those two had a very well-known public beef and then they happened to fall in the same episode with each other. So here's another one that was super odd that this happened to end up like this, but it's interesting seeing stuff like this. I'm a big fan of stats. I know my cousin Offforms that we had on here a couple of weeks ago. He's another one. He He's very big on stats. Maybe it's a Forminio thing. I don't know, but I love shit like this, man. I love just, you know, going through things and doing things and letting things be. And then, you know, when all is said and done, just looking back at it and be like, wow, look at this. How crazy is this? I didn't even fucking notice this, but you know, whatever it is that you're talking about. So I personally love shit like that. Um, you know, makes doing this podcast even more exciting for me because I can't wait until I'm done with 400 people, 500 people. And I look back and, oh shit, because you got to understand that I'm doing this so regularly and so often that it's almost one of those things where like, you're in the moment and don't notice something until it's over. I'm so wrapped up in doing this that it's hard for me to pay attention what's going on with this. You guys probably have almost a better memory of like where people are and what's going on in this shit than I do because things are like so constantly changing for me and I'm so constantly listening to new people and marking down new things and I can't sit there and look at that list all the time and see where people are going. So there's some people that I did you know, two years ago that finished in like 67th place or something like that, that I haven't really paid attention to where they are. For all I know, they're in fucking 150th place right now. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck happened? How the hell did they get down there? So I can't wait until I'm done with four or 500 people and I turn around and I look back and I say, wow, this is, this is crazy. I didn't see that coming or whatever the case is. So with that being said, let's get on to our list. We're going to start off with our top 15% overall so far here, and we definitely have some major changes to this list today in more ways than one. In our top spot, we have Tupac, who is tied for 8th place of 157 artists done overall. Behind him, we have Pharaoh Manch, who's in 10th place. In 12th place, we have KRS-One, and in 14th place, we have Jizza. Behind him is Slick Rick, who's in 16th place. And behind Slick Rick, we got Rockham sitting in 18th place. Directly behind him now in 19th is Redman, and directly behind him in 20th is Common. Back in 23rd is Rev Run of Run DMC. Directly behind him is LL Cool J, who's in 24th. Directly behind him is MF Doom, who's in 25th. Couple of slots back in 27th, we got Will Smith. And then tied for 30th, we have DMC of Run DMC and Ice Cube. So, obviously, we have Redman and Common sliding into the middle of our top 15% overall list. 
that obviously means that Rev Run and everyone else behind them gets slid down two slots. So after a couple of weeks of no new artists cracking this top 15, now we're starting to see some guys that have been very high on this list for a very long time start to be slid back now. This also means that after a brief one-week return to this list, Everlast and Big Daddy Kane are back out again. But I wouldn't count these two out, though, as they've been ousted before and managed to fight their way back in more than once, especially BDK. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see those two back in there soon. Now on to our current top 10% lyrically. Major changes to this list today as well. So in our top spot, we still have Pharaoh Manch, who got a lyrical score of 8.5. Behind him, in second, we have Master Ace and Jizza tied with 7.5. Behind him, we now have a three-way tie for second place with Master Ace, Jizza, and Common all getting lyrical scores of 7.5. Behind them, tied for fifth, we have KRS-One and Lord Finesse, who both got lyrical scores of 7 and then we now have a six-way tie for seventh place with Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, and Redman all getting lyrical scores of six and a half. So this list doesn't change very often, but it does today in a major way. Common slides into a three-way tie for second place lyrically so far and slides back KRS-One and everyone else behind him. And Redman also slides into our last spot in our top 10% lyrically, making that a six-way tie now. So there's going to be a lot of ties here, and the reason being that we're not doing any like ridiculous scores like 7.2 or anything like that. You know, it's either a 7, a 6.5, a, a 6, whatever like that. So there's definitely going to be ties, and we've spoke about this many times before. Just because people are tied at a lyrical score doesn't necessarily mean that it, they were identical lyrically. Some of these guys that are at six and a halfs were a little bit better than some of these other guys at six and a halfs. You know, same thing is going to be at the end of the day with the seven, the seven and a halfs and stuff like that. So just keep that in mind. When people are tied, they're placed in chronological order. So Master Ace, Jizza, and Common all have seven and a halfs. They're in that order of Master Ace, Jizza, and Common because that's the order that they came out in chronologically. Now, let's get into our particular decades list, starting with our top five rappers to make their debut in the 1980s. Our number one rapper to make their debut in the 80s is KRS-One. Number two, Slick Rick. Number three, Rakim. Number four, Rev Run. Number five, LL Cool J. So there's your top five rappers of the 80s right there. That list probably going to stay the same for a long time. Don't expect that to change anytime soon. It may or it may not. I may be saying those five names just like that for the next three, four years in a row. So we'll see what happens. Now on to our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far. Our top rapper thus far to make his debut in the 1990s is Tupac. Number two, Pharaoh Manch. Number three, Jizza. Number four, Redman. And number five, Common. So once again, major changes to this list today as we have had both Redman and Common sliding into our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far. That does push out MF Doom and Everlast. So shout outs to them for hanging in there for a bit, but they have been ousted and they probably won't be climbing their way back in there. So... That'll probably be it for them as their top artists in the 90s, but 
Again, some of these guys are still in our top 15% overall or could possibly fight their way back in there. Are they not in there right now? And a lot of these guys are usually listed in our top 10% lyrically. So it's not like you're not hearing any of these names. And as time goes on and we get deeper and deeper into this podcast, I'm going to add more and more lists to cover. So you're definitely going to be hearing different names each week for sure going forward. Um, And not for nothing, but each and every one of these guys deserves a shout out for sure. So... If you'd like to see any of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links spell completely normally. There's a support button on the host site. I'd appreciate if you hit it. And that's it for this week, man. That's it for episode 16. Next week, we got UGK. So for anybody that doesn't know, that's Southern Rappers Bun B and Pimp C of the group Underground Kings. So tune in to see how they did. Tale of the tapes. Peace. Tale of the tapes. Might as well. <laughs>